You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. Okay, and the minister will be joining us in the next uh, short while to have a conversation about uh, the forum, um, that the two-day forum um, that is underway where she is with her Kenyan uh, counterpart. So the forum is part of the bilateral relations agreement signed last year. The forum brings together industry leaders and government to exchange their expertise on the challenge facing nations on affordable housing and opportunities to develop a sustainable public-private solutions. To share more about this, we speak to the Minister of Human Settlements, Mamuluku Kubai. Minister, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. How much of this uh, forum will also be informed by some of the decisions that were taken in Kenya during the UN Habitat um, Summit? Good afternoon, Senator Aldrin. Good afternoon to your listeners. Yes, um, the Minister from the Cabinet Secretary of Kenya, the Quantum Cabinet Secretary um, of Kenya, who is my counterpart, is in the country between today and tomorrow. We it's a, it's a visit following the MOU actually signed between ourselves and Kenya during the state visit by President Ramaphosa in 2022, November. Uh, during the visit, there was a commitment that one of the areas that we work on is within human settlements. And part of the work uh, President Ruto at that time as well was requesting South Africa support and guidance and also sharing of technical skills and expertise in the area of affordable um, housing. So with the Secretary being in, in the country, we are hosting a forum tomorrow with private sector participation and financiers as part of building collaboration between the two countries. So there will be business delegation from Kenya, which is in the country as well, joining that. Today, we had a bilateral meeting to look at the MOU. We visited one of our social housing projects, and then we had a lunch, working lunch, where we brought your Department of Trade and Industry representatives to explain the importance of trade relations in our area. We also brought DBSA, which is also working between the two countries. They've got even some of the human settlement projects, housing projects in Kenya, and they were explaining their experiences and some of the areas that they could be able to elaborate. So we're hoping as we conclude the visit tomorrow, uh, we'll be able to cement more relations and implement what the two heads of state have managed us to do. So that question also in relation to the United Nations Habitat Assembly that took place in Kenya, because it also underscored a number of issues when it comes to the type of cities um, that we are building for the 21st century and heading into the next century as well. How much of that will actually inform how this MOU is um, is explored or is carried out? Yes, um, I remember part of the work that we did in South Africa was to champion the um, global action plan on eradication of informal dwelling and slums. The two countries bear similarities. If you look at, you can compare Nairobi and Johannesburg. Almost similarities. We have a lot of informal settlements that are people living in formality that are looking for opportunities in housing. So the work of the human inhabitant, especially around this global action plan, remains critical in our, our work as we deal with urbanization. One of the areas, um, Aldrin, that I learned better with Nairobi and the delegation, even when I was in, in Nairobi in July, was the fact that in the country there, because they utilize a financial system better, it allows even people who are in the informal sector of the economy 
to be able to have records of their transaction, records of their income, and that allows them to even have participation in the area such as rental stock and all those things, which in our country becomes a challenge because majority of those are not formally uh, in the financial system. And when they look for opportunities to find that we can find records that they have some level of income, therefore they do not qualify for free BNGs or RDPs. Therefore, they should be in the tenancy. Now, the requirements then prohibits them to participate because they do not have written, um, uh, formal, formal uh, documentation that proves their financial income. So it's those things that are good that we can be able to learn as we deal together in working to implement what UN Heritage has adopted, Assembly has adopted as Global Action Plan for Eradicating Informal Settlements Lands. And then on the question around um, the demand for um, for settlements, especially in cities, and we know that Gauteng, of course, is dealing with a lot of that. Um, now, recently, we just reported on the 200 checks in Palm Ridge that have been demolished. But there is a clear need for land, a clear need for human settlements within the inner cities as well as surrounding areas of the inner city. What's th- what, what, what does Minister think the answer to that is? Um, is there a new way of looking at what human settlements look like heading into the future? Definitely, Andren, there are two things. One, we've got to move away from wanting freestanding alone houses uh, where you have a yard, especially in urban areas because there's no land availability. So the issue of high-rise building becomes um, one of the alternative uh, ways to explore. But obviously we know the issue of climate change is here. So we've got to build those high-rise in a safe and that is climate resilient uh, so that they do not become an issue into the future. That's the first thing. Number two, we've got quite a number of our inner cities. Um, you know the East Indusuani, um, the, the, the building that built that bend in, in, in Marshalltown, where it's an inner city building where people can stay. And if we are to repurpose those buildings, I had a conversation with Johannesburg. They say they're working on a project plan to renovate those projects, um, those buildings, so that they can be uh, habitable, but also for human settlement purposes. Where they can be converted, even if it's offices, they can be converted and repurposed for accommodation. I do believe that will go a long way in responding to the pressures in the urban city. The last point, the informal settlement upgrading grant that we provide to especially metros and to provinces. It's one of the ways where we say when people are already in the land, whether you talk about the project we're doing in Zanspreet, for example, here in Gauteng, Johannesburg, you'll see that we've got a project there. used to be people who used to protest every time closing the four-way route until then we came in as government, started upgrading the site, Mm. creating service sites, and putting people that at least managed to get people to feel comfortable that there's work in progress. So yeah. there are various interventions that can be done. A quick final one, Minister. You touched a bit on the MPESA in uh, in Kenya and also how the financial institutions would look at your finances to determine whether they can give you a, a loan, a home loan or not. And here in South Africa, one of the big issues is that some people, of course, don't qualify for those for those home loans. And even though the department has brought in um, has brought in the program that will allow that the people, the missing middle that we sometimes speak about when it comes to the property um, industry, is that 
Rentals. Um, is the department looking at, is government looking at all at the cost of rentals? And again, in Kenya, when I was there in 2018, uh, the political parties there were campaigning against the high cost of rentals. Is this something that South Africa is looking into at all? Yes, we currently have what we call our social housing. One of the projects that we took the minister today in Swane, and another part of it will take him in Riverside um, um, tomorrow. It's rental stock. They are not rent-to-buy, they are rental purely. And what we do as government, we come in and provide a subsidy. So ordinarily, when a person would have paid 5000 in rental, then they pay about 3000 uh, which is reduced for to make it affordable. So that's the first thing. But again, you know, the issue is not even only about uh, about just the, the rental and, and the issue of missing level is serious. If we look at the category, and, and we've been having conversations with the banks, I'm hoping that before the next financial year we'll have some level of solution. If we look at what we qualify, anyone below 3,500 qualifies for a BNG RDP, and then anyone who's earning between 3,500 and 2,000 will qualify for what we call first home financing. But anyone who's earning between 22,000 and 27,000 has no solution across, whether in commercial or mm. in government, because those people are not covered. Yet. The banks are covering between from 27,000 household income. So we still have a missing middle that has not been addressed. And the banks are saying for us as government, we need to increase from 22 to cover 27. We've done a bit of a study to it, and we realize that the numbers are shooting up highly, which means that we'll not have enough resources to cover for this market. And we are asking the banks because they wanted to move it from 27 to 29. I said, we can't continue to increase in the gap. We need to find a solution to this. So those are some of the conversations we continue to have with the BASA. And we're hoping that soon we'll have solutions. And let's hope that we'll have the conversation again. Thank you so much, Minister of uh, Human Settlements, Mamuluku Kubait.